You're listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk. My guest today is Secretary Leon Panetta. He's been in Dallas, Fort Worth, talking about his recent book, Worthy Fights. Thank you so much for being with us. Nice to be with you, Jim. You know, your book focuses on values, and it strikes many members of the World Affairs Council that the values in Washington have really shifted in the last few years. How serious is it? And you've been in Washington for so long. What do you think are the root causes? Well, that's you know that was really one of the uh, one of the goals of writing the book was not only to tell my story and the different jobs that I I've held uh, in in public service, but it was also to try to send some lessons out there about uh, what it takes in order to govern this country and to be able to uh, to urge people to fight, not to give up, but to do what is necessary to uh, protect our country. I I've been in Washington in and out of public service for over 50 years. And I've seen, I mean, the good news is I've seen Washington work. I've seen Republicans and Democrats come together and deal with the issues facing this country and make it work. And, and I was part of that, those Congresses, and I, I know that it can be done. Uh, but I've never seen it as bad and as divided as it is today. There are a lot of factors contributing to it. Uh, part of it is uh, redistricting safe districts. Part of it is just a lot of money involved. Part of it is... Uh, and the kind of close margins of power that we see now. Part of it is the mentality of the media, this kind of soundbite mentality uh, that feeds into these divisions. And part of it is, frankly, that uh, the leadership in Washington just is not willing to take the risks associated with governing. And if you're not willing to take the risks, then uh, you're not going to make the decisions that uh, have to be made. So you've identified some of the symptoms, but what will have to take place to reform? You know, I, I believe in American leadership. I guess the reason I do is because I've seen men and women in uniform uh, who are willing to put their lives on the line for this country. And uh, if they're willing to do that for their country, I have to believe that elected officials uh, ought to be willing to take a little bit of that risk in order to govern. Uh, when I was in Congress, frankly, governing was not only good for the nation. I think we thought it was good politics as well. That's what that's what we should be doing, uh, was making decisions uh, on key policy issues facing the country. I, I think we've reached a point where both parties are not sure that governing is good politics. They think confrontation may be better politics for them, and I think that's what's forcing them constantly to confront each other and try to stop each other from getting anything done. Well, let's move to another country where politics have certainly been in the news, and that's Israel. Yeah. It appears that Prime Minister Netanyahu, has, has his party has, has won uh, sufficient seats to perhaps try to form a coalition, and yet perhaps he threw a Hail Mary pass a few days ago by by saying uh, that under his leadership there would never in his life be a Palestinian state. So where does this put the negotiations? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, <laughs> it happens sometimes in this country that uh, when people are in tough political races, they, they almost are willing to say anything uh, to try to get elected. And I think that's uh, that's an example of it uh, when he basically said he would not never accept a, a Palestinian state because I, I think everybody knows that ultimately we'll never find peace in that part of the world uh, unless we are able to recognize, uh, you know, 
you know, a, a home for the Palestinians. And um, I, I think ultimately, you know, I've, I've seen leaders dig in. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I remember when President Bush said, read my lips, no new taxes. Uh, and everybody thought that would stop us from getting a budget deal. But ultimately, he was willing to recognize that uh, he should do that in order to try to reduce the deficit. He did the right thing. I hope that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu does the right thing as well. You're in Texas. George W. Bush was sharply criticized at times for using the expression, we're at war. We're at war with terrorism. Are we at war with terrorism? You know, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't like to mince words when it comes to uh, confronting our enemy. And I think uh, terrorism, ISIS, al-Qaeda, uh, they are clear enemies of this country. They attacked us on 9-11. They would attack us again if given the opportunity. Uh, they are our enemy. Uh, and I think when you confront that enemy uh, and try to defeat them, in my book, that's a war. Social media has been used to recruit supporters of ISIS all over the world, even in the United States and in Europe. What can you do, or what should we do, to rein in social media? <laughs> it's uh, it's tough to to try to rein it in, but what we can do is to make use of it uh, as effectively as uh, ISIS and terrorists uh, make use of social media. And I think we just have to be creative uh, in terms of using social media to try to convey the real truth about uh, what the Koran is all about, uh, about what, uh, you know, what kind of hope Muslims should have uh, in, in, uh, in a world that uh, should hopefully provide opportunity to them to be able to get an education and to advance. I mean, I, what we are not doing very well right now is confronting uh, the terrorists who make very good use of social media and recruitment. Uh, we're not doing a good job of trying to uh, to counter that. Uh, so I think there's a lot more work that needs to be done. I think with enough creativity and innovation, we could put a message out there that could be effective in trying to make sure that uh, terrorists are not recruited. You've been Chief of Staff, Secretary of Defense, Director of the CIA. So I'd like to ask, what do you think about the reorganization that has been proposed by uh, Director John Brennan for the Central Intelligence Agency? You know, to, to be frank, uh, I really uh, I was supposed to be briefed on uh, the particulars of it, and I haven't been briefed on it. So I, I don't want to comment uh, on something that I'm not fully aware of. Uh, I do know this, that, uh, you know, when I was there, uh, the organization that was in place uh, was was very effective at doing the work that we had to do uh, in confronting Al Qaeda, and uh, it, uh, we had each of the pieces necessary to be able to accomplish that mission. I don't know whether something was broken or whether they thought there was a better way to do it. Uh, I mean, I'll give John Brennan uh, the the opportunity to uh, to tell me just exactly what he had in mind with this reorganization. But I also have to tell you, anytime a, an agency goes through reorganization. It can raise a little hell, and I, I think that's what's happening now. In hindsight, do you think creating the position of Director of National Intelligence has been in the best interest? You know, uh, I had a lot of 
uh, qualms about it uh, at the beginning because I, I, I think we, you know, part of it was just a political reaction to what happened on 9-11, uh, Congress feeling that it had to create something in order to show the public that, uh, you know, we were doing a better job at trying to uh, unify our intelligence effort. Uh, and, and I also think there were a series of, of individuals that weren't quite sure what the role of the DNI was really all about, uh, that uh, it had to be a coordinating role and one that allowed each of the agencies to do their job. Uh, Jim Clapper came in and took that job, and for the first time, I think, he understood what the nature of that job was all about, and he's done a great job at trying to provide the unity of effort uh, in our intelligence operations that is necessary without interfering with the different intelligence agencies in terms of their mission. That's the way it should be done, and if it's done that way, I think the DNI can play an important role. George Friedman, who is the chairman of Strat4 and the author of the new book, um, Flashpoints, Crisis in, in Europe, was with us this week, and he said, in his view, one of the most serious flashpoints is Russia-Ukraine, and said that we are now in a Cold War with Russia. Yeah. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, when the Berlin Wall came down, I think we all thought that uh, the Cold War was over. But uh, what we're seeing uh, in, in Russia and Putin and what's happening in the Ukraine is, I think, very much a new chapter in the Cold War. Uh, he clearly is uh, hes being very aggressive there. Uh, he's trying to divide East from West. He's trying to increase the influence of Russia over the former Soviet Union uh, countries. Uh, and he is essentially invading another country in order to accomplish uh, what he wants done there. So uh, I think this is a real test, not only for the United States, but for NATO and the other countries of Europe, as to whether or not we're going to draw the line in the Ukraine or whether we're going to allow him to have his way. Uh, I think if we don't draw that line, we'll pay a very heavy price in the future. Mr. Secretary, I'd like to thank you for your service to our country, for writing this book, uh, Worthy Fights, that just came out a few months ago. It really is a, a tremendously important book. And thank you as well, our listeners, for joining uh, us on Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk. If you'd like to learn more about the World Affairs Council, please go to worldaffairscouncil.org to learn about a council in your community. Thank you for listening. Thank you.